war in Ukraine, COVID, the Biden presidency, and the elections. You are listening to The John DePietro Show. Folks, good afternoon. Right now, it is uh, 12.06 local time. You're listening and watching The John DePietro Show on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. I want to welcome everybody in. We have our, um, well, it certainly has expanded, hasn't it, from uh, the live broadcast that we do. (coughs) Excuse me, we call this the Noon Report. And uh, you can also now watch it on both... um, Obviously, Facebook. And remember, share that you're watching. Don't be selfish to other people are always saying, boy, I wish I had known that you were on. And there's everybody on Twitter. And there's everybody on YouTube where the audience just continues to build. Um, And folks, we had a lot of news. We certainly have a lot of news on this Friday, the final Friday in the month of April. And uh, and, and a, a turning point, really. In the race for governor, and I'm going to bring up to speed on it. You're going to hear more about this as we continue. Um, we just seem to be a step ahead of the rest of a lot of the media, not all, but a lot of the media, folks. In this portion of the John DePietro show, on what is I'm looking at a blue sky Friday. It's brought to you by PR Landscape Materials and Garden Center, Rhode Island's number one garden center. You deserve. See, this comes down to also you have to ask yourself, what do you deserve? And I would argue you deserve. The ability to shop at Rhode Island's number one garden center, 3688 Quaker Lane in North Kingstown. Uh, pansy fields, pansy bags, hangers and bowls, assorted colors, tulips, Cynthia's daffodils, hydrangeas. They're worth the ride. They're open seven days a week. You shop local. So maybe you live in Warwick and you really enjoy and love your property. Shop at PR Landscape Materials and Garden Center. Wait do you see the hydrangeas they have a blue, white, and pink. Just, you know, and I just think they really can make uh, a piece, a property. They carry many landscape materials, too. Screen loom, black, brown, hemlock, mulch. Gift certificates are available. They're open seven days a week. And PR Landscape Materials and Garden Center, they update their Facebook page. So stop it and see them. Remember, you're shopping local. You're supporting a local family-run business that they really go out of their way to do a tremendous job. Stop it and see them. Worth the ride. PR Landscape Materials and Garden Center. Folks, as always, on this Friday, check out the website, depetro.com, especially on a day like today when we have a lot of information um, and two new reports that, that we'll talk about. But check out depetro.com, which is brought to you by the Centerdale Revival. Hey, the weekend is here. So whether it's lunch or dinner, I was there just two weeks ago, 225 Smith Street in North Providence, Centerdale Revival. Shane, they run a, a, a great operation. Folks, if you check out the website, uh, depetro.com, which that is also a good way. If you'd like to get a hold of me, if you'd like to reach me, if you would like to advertise on the program, we also have uh, the shop. We can get great merchandise. We have some good stories up. One is, how about the Democrat candidate for governor who wants a $35 minimum wage? Minimum wage in Rhode Island, he would like to make it to $35 an hour. Do you think that'd be good for business or do you think that'd be bad for business? You can comment on the site, but also Governor McKee, there it is, has plummeted 18 points in the new poll. And I think the picture that we used kind of says it all, and I'm holding it up. There it is, the Titanic known as the McKee campaign, as uh, he is not only (coughs) taking on water, 
But um, what's also interesting about the McKee campaign is, according to Secretary of State Nellie Gorbea, she's out with a new poll where she is now the front runner. Nellie Gorbea has released a poll. Secretary of State, now she's not, she's saying it's internal. I'm going to tell you exactly, I'm going to break this down for you and, and we'll give you an idea. But just, I, I also want to bring you up to speed on where Governor McKee is, because this is very significant. What's happening right now is a very pivotal time in whether or not Rhode Island Governor Dan McKee is actually going to be elected governor. And I want to remind people of that. He has not been elected governor. He's he's filling out the term uh, of former Governor Gina Raimondo. So, you know, he has not been elected governor of Rhode Island. He's serving as governor of Rhode Island. If Raimondo had been passed over by the Biden campaign, he's still just, you know, term limited out lieutenant governor running for governor. But anyhow, according to the latest poll now, Nellie Gorbea has opened up. Nellie Gorbea, this is the Democrat primary now, 30 percent, 30, 30 percent of the vote. McKee, 24 percent. Matt Brown, 10 percent. Helena Folk, 7 percent. And that Dr. Daniel Monez, who I, I, I don't even know why he's being included in a debate. He doesn't have a serious campaign. He ran last time around as an independent, 2018. Now he's decided to enter the Democrat primary. Um, he's the one that wants to start at a $35 an hour minimum wage. But he's at 1% in this poll. So 1%. So Nellie Gorbea, 30%. McKee, 24%. Matt Brown, 10%. Helena, folks, she has all this money. I I, I don't exactly understand what she's waiting for, what the strategy is. Uh, if they were counting on getting McKee on a debate stage, I'm not convinced that you're going to see Governor McKee on a, on a debate stage. If anything, you're not. If it happens, maybe in August, maybe in August, but I wouldn't count on it. But there's some other developments with Governor McKee, and I want to give credit to Ted Nisi of WPRI Channel 12, who um, has some new info. So, and making news on, on several fronts. Uh, we were, hold on, let me, um, one momento at 1212. Okay. Yeah. Uh, uh, Gorbea at 30%, McKee at 24%, uh, Matt Brown at 10%, folks, seven, <coughs> excuse me, uh, Daniel Monez. I, I, I don't know why he's being included in this, uh, forum next Thursday. Cause I just don't see the semblance of a, of a, a real campaign. So here's the latest now. Here's a summary. Governor McKee's staff confirmed to RIPAC that he would join this candidates forum for coming up next Thursday. Okay, next Thursday, which was publicized. He now tells RIPAC he won't do any event before the pre-filing deadline. Now, as much as someone announced there for governor in July is the real deadline because you have to get your signatures in. And then it's really certified official, boom, you're on the ballot. Now, as I have told you, you go back to 2010, Patrick Lynch, who was then the attorney general, he took part in a forum on the stage at the PPAC. And then right at the last moment in July, he withdrew from the Democrat. He would have faced Frank Caprio in the Democrat primary. So so now McKee says, I'm not doing anything. Now, he's saying July, but 
<clears throat> the, you know, the stations can't plan anything now till mid-July. So you're really t- talking about August. The governor's team says the staff who confirmed shouldn't have. So now they're saying somebody got thrown under the bus. Someone for the governor's staff who said he would take part in this forum. <clears throat> um, now they're saying that he shouldn't have. But here's other news. Now, Governor McKee's going to be away next week, taking a week vacation. But he'll be in vacation. He'll be, um, he, he will now not even be around. So there's something in the works. Uh, there is a lot of speculation at 1215 that Governor McKee may not even seek the nomination. Uh, I, I, I'm not saying that I agree with that, but there's definitely some chatter about that. I think it's coming from the other camps. Uh, but a couple of things. Now, <clears throat> here's the thing, folks. I, I've just never heard of, well, there's a lot going on. Okay, his polling numbers, Rhode Island Governor Dan McKee was at 60% approval rating, which I thought was high. It's now at 42%. He has dropped 18 points. Plummeted is a better word. Nosedive is another very acceptable word. But there is, um, uh, the, the, I, as I have been telling you, the FBI probe really was a game changer. And I'm sure, now, again, because of a conflict, I couldn't go to the press briefing yesterday. I think a fair question that we haven't heard yet is whether or not Rhode Island Governor Dan McKee has hired a criminal defense attorney. I want to be very clear. He's an American citizen. It is perfectly within his right. You're not going to walk in there. Uh, as they say in The Godfather, I don't want my brother coming out of that men's room with this blank in his hand. He, he's not walking in for a sit-down meeting with the U.S. attorney and the FBI if, if he doesn't have you know some legal counsel. I also want to remind people the fact the U.S. attorney... The U.S. attorney who was appointed by President Biden is investigating this case. So it would be unprecedented in recent memory that a Rhode Island political figure was actually elected to office, any office, uh, while they were the subject of an investigation where they could end up getting indicted. And so here's the problem, and there's several, it's twofold. Well, there's several layers to it, I should say. But, folks, just think about this. You know, it's not like he's going to get a fine. So Governor McKee may not like it. But I want to just explain to you right now at 1217 on this Friday that if I am in the camp of Nellie Gorbea or Matt Brown or Helena folks, there is a very good, it's not... Uh, without with out, outside of the scope of reason that he potentially could be indicted by the FBI for this ILO contract. Therefore, here is the problem that I see for Rhode Island Governor Dan McKee. Is the Democrat Party, are they going to put someone up, say he wins the primary and then he's indicted? What does that mean for the general election? But are people going to vote for someone? Here's the problem, as I see it, for Rhode Island Governor Dan McKee, though, the primary is coming up Tuesday, September 13th. So it's the Tuesday following the Tuesday after Labor Day. You have Labor Day weekend, and then a uh, week goes by. So around Labor Day, this gubernatorial Democrat primary is really going to heat up. But it may be decided by then. Um, 
The question is, are people going to vote for someone? Vote for someone who potentially, what if it's October 1st and McKee won the primary, he's the candidate, and then he gets indicted by the FBI? So I don't, I'm, I, in recent memory, we have not seen anyone been elected, win an election, I should say, who, who was within the scope. I, I received an email from someone said, well, anyone could be indicted at any time. That, that's not entirely true. Nellie Gorbea, who I am not a fan of, she is not the subject of an FBI probe. All right. Gina Raimondo did suffer poor poll ratings. Chafee had poor pro- approval ratings. And as a result of that, Chafee didn't seek re-election. Raimondo had poor approval ratings. Raimondo, though, had President Trump in office. So in 2018, <clears throat> a lot of Democrats were already upset with the Trump presidency. So they were going. She also drew a light primary bid in Matt Brown. And then in the general election, she had a tremendous number of mail ballots out of Providence. Tremendous number of mail ballots out of Providence. But Raimondo didn't have to worry about a primary. She beat Matt Brown pretty handily in the in the primary. So but the closest that we have seen was in 2002, where uh, Providence mayor 20 years ago, Providence mayor, hard to believe, Buddy Cianci was under indictment, then went on trial for Operation Plunderable. But what if it had been delayed? And then he had, you know, gone in the general election. You know, we don't know what would have happened. He was an independent, so we, he would have made, he wouldn't have gotten knocked out in a primary. And, you know, David Cicilline won that primary against Joe Paolino and against um, John Igliosi and um, Kevin McKenna. But uh, rest in peace. But we, we don't know what would have happened in the general election with Cianci because he was he was found guilty in June of 2002 in Operation Plunderdome. But my point is, in recent memory, now I don't know. I know that Governor Nadi in the 60s got, got into a lot of trouble. Um, he was a one-term governor. It was also different that the term limits for different people, it used to be two years. So in 1990... When Bruce Sundland, on his third try, defeated then-Governor Ed Depreet, by then, the Depreet scandals had just taken over. You had the Cranston land deal. You had the disastrous new Jamestown Bridge, which was a total disaster. There were allegations of payoffs within the Depreet administration. He lost that race in, in, uh, in 1990. In 1988, he wasn't under indictment. There were a lot of questions about the Cranston land deal. My point is... That I, I just don't see how you do it, because right now, Governor McKee can't sit down for a full interview. And part of this is, to be fair to Governor McKee, is his legal counsel is telling him, don't talk about it. So he wants to sit for an interview, and that's what it should be asked about. Now, I don't understand why, and again, I'm not criticizing the rest of the media, that were at his press briefing yesterday. But we still don't know who's representing him. Like I knew, boom, out of the box, that Richard Egbert, Boston attorney, was representing Cianci. Now, granted, Egbert surfaced more once Cianci was indicted. But, you know, it, it was an investigation within the, the Cianci administration. So it didn't. This is Governor McKee's involvement with the ILO contract. And I still think there's a lot of unanswered questions. But what is pivotal right now 
is out of nowhere, he's going away for a week on vacation. So I don't know what to make of that. He, t- he just took a two-week vacation uh, in November, right around Thanksgiving. And now he's going off on another vacation. Um, as much as they say he'll be in communication with the staff, th- this is a pivotal time. He, which also means he doesn't want to be around or in town next week when they're going to have that forum. So one of the other reasons why, though, you don't just resign or is is that becomes leverage with, you know, for instance, Cianci, they it became very clear they wanted him out of office. So he was always holding on to that bargaining chip. You know, will, will you and I know people don't like to hear this, but, you know, would they consider not bringing charges if he just resigns from office? Cianci had an opportunity to resign from office. There were a lot of rumors he was going to resign from office. He sold his house. He moved in the Biltmore Hotel. That certainly raised a lot of eyebrows. And then the Providence Journal ran that famous story where they said there were rumors that he had a health problem and he was going to step down as mayor. I'm telling you right now. What I have learned since then was when that happened, if, if Buddy Cianci, the mayor of Providence, if he had stepped down, I, I don't think the FBI had him. I don't think they had him. And if he had stepped down, I don't think they would have continued pursuing him. They, they felt it was a criminal enterprise. They wanted him out of office. The other thing where Cianci's luck was unfortunate was after 9-11, Plunderdome was before September 11th, after 9-11, uh, all FBI resources were pulled into looking for uh, Muslim extremist terror, terror cells. <clears throat> the Plunderdome investigation was already completed before September 11th. If he, if that had gone on longer, then I, I don't believe he. They, they would have had the resources. They wouldn't have followed through on the case is what I'm trying to say. So he now granted he his he went to trial after September 11th, but he had already been indicted. So it's different. He was he was indicted in the spring of 2001. And then um, <clears throat> on September 11th, because on September 11th, the, the front page news story was that Bruce Sunlin had organized a um, a legal fundraiser for CNC at the Biltmore Hotel. That was actually the front page of the Providence Journal on the morning of September 11th. And then obviously, you know, everything blew up after that. Folks, good afternoon. You're listening to the John DePietro Show on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. But again, getting back to Governor McKee, uh, I recognize not everyone's paying attention with what's going on. But I'll tell you who is paying attention is the donors are paying attention. And the donors are concerned about what's going on. Those who camp, who donate. And there's, there's a lot of problems, as I have said. When you can't, how do you run for office? You can't stand on the debate stage and you can't sit down for an interview. And I get it. He's His people are negotiating with Channel 10 and Channel 12 and the Journal and the Globe. And they want to say he will sit down for an interview, but he can't talk about the FBI investigation. And he doesn't want to talk about the FBI investigation. But, you know, to their credit, the the news outlets are saying we're not going to make that deal. We're not going to make that deal. And as I've talked about in the past, how long can someone go without talking to the media? Well, Bill Clinton, Monica Lewinsky, that broke in January of 1998. And 
Bill Clinton did not do any interviews. He did not because how how can you do an interview? Because that's what they want to ask him about. And then he finally sat down with Ken Starr and the and the special counsel in August of ninety eight. But Clinton he 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 couldn't sit for an interview, and that was my, and that's the president of the United States. He just couldn't. He was trying to do business, but he couldn't make himself available because that's what people wanted to ask about. This portion of our show is brought to you by J. Perry Paving. They provide high quality, fair pricing, exceptional service. Why not get your driveway paved? Residential, commercial, seal coating patios. Folks, J. Perry Paving, call them today for a free quote, 401-732-1730. 401-732-1730. Letter J, J. Perry Paving, licensed and insured contracting company committed to meeting their clients needs no matter how big or how small listen whether it's a brand new paving project or just a cracked driveway call j perry paving today 401-732-1730 401-732-1730 letter j j perry paving folks as always on depetro.com we had the posting a week ago will mckee skip the debates <clears throat> I'm dealing with inside people. Check it all out on the website, depetro.com, which is brought to you by the Coesed Inn. Now, this weekend, this Sunday, they're having a fundraiser for the Brandy Project at the Coesed Inn. It's a May breakfast this Sunday at the Coesed Inn, 226 Coesed Avenue in West Warwick. So I'll tell you someone else who's really teeing off now on Rhode Island Governor McKee. Um is in fact, this is funny, exclusive, more than 80 text messages between Sean Hannity and White House Chief of Staff Mark Meadows show the Fox host shift from staunch support to frustration with the Trump legal team. I'm fed up with those people. <laughs> Let me just uh, check this out. I don't blame them. Um, let's see, Hannity's evolution from staunch supporter of President Trump to being fed up with the lunatics hurting his cause in the days before January 6th. They obtained, wow, Mark Meadows, 2,300 text messages. Um, Meadows was communicating with multiple Fox personalities, nothing wrong with that. Hannity stands out, 82 messages, um, was reacting to the election in the aftermath. I just want to just read this. He asked for both advice and blah, blah, blah. In the afternoon, election day, I know about that. Got it everywhere. Um, you need to spend half your time doing business with us. And I'm serious. You ever, oh, okay. I've been at war with them. <clears throat> um, I did not talk with Fox News because I got tied up, blah, blah, blah. Um, let's see. Initially, after the 2020, Hannity appeared to be all in with Trump's false election claims. November 29th, he texted Meadows saying his team trying to prove, I've had my team digging into the numbers. There's no way Biden got those numbers. It's mathematically impossible. I agree with that. It's so sad for this country they pulled us off. We need a major breakthrough video or something. Meadows says you're exactly right. Now, Meadows is chief of staff, by the way. Okay, would be phenomenal. Several, several weeks later, as Trump, Trump's team lost court challenges and the wild claims from Rudy Giuliani and Sidney Powell, Hannity's tone shifted. He checked in with Meadows December 22nd. Uh, Asked him how he was doing. Fighting like crazy. Went to Cobb Country Review process. Very tough days. I'll keep fighting. Um, let's see. Uh, Trump team's objections to votes from Cobb County, Georgia. 
While Hannity never appeared to dispute his false claims, he expressed alarm at the tactics. Hannity responded, your fighting is fine. The, the blanking lunatics is not fine. They're not helping people. I'm fed up with those people. By New Year's Eve, Hannity warned about the fallout if the type White House lawyers resigned in protest. He also appeared to accept the fact the election was over. We can't lose the entire White House counsel office. I do not see January 6th happening the way it's being told. After the January 6th, he should announce he'll lead the nationwide effort to reform voting integrity. Go to Florida, watch Joe mess up daily, stay engaged. Boom, boom, boom. Um, Let's see. After the letter was sent, his attorney said we're reviewing the committee's letter. Um, uh, Boom, boom, boom. Um, you know, I, I don't disagree. Uh, let's see. Thank you for taking the time with us. Oh, okay. Well, anyhow, folks, uh, it just goes to that he was like a number of different people kind of getting fed up with, um, <clears throat> you know, some of the people that are just putting stuff out. That they claim that they're members of the media locally are just completely, <clears throat> completely, completely lost. But I'm going to skip that part. But this situation, folks, and again, good afternoon. Right now, uh, local time is 1231. You're listening to the John DePietro Show on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. Um, I, I, I think I, I don't know what's to be gained by now. Governor McKee is going away on vacation for a week. And what I started to say was Ashley Kalis, who is the, she is the Republican challenger. And there's certain benefits to coming in where she's the new person. And she certainly doesn't right now, you know, have any baggage. I agree with those that say elections are about the future. Elections are about the future and they're not about the past. And, you know, it, it, it's always this election will be a referendum on how Governor McKee is done. But she is stepping up her Twitter game. Governor McKee's office confirms he won't make it because he's taking time off. She tweets out no days off, which is the Patriots mantra. But the Providence Journal headline today, McKee plunging in polls to skip plan debate. What this means to me is McKee now is he's <clears throat> he's now about to go to war. Now, now he's at war with the Providence Journal and you, you can't be at war with everybody. You know, Governor McKee right now, he's at war with Channel 12. Um, he is towing the line with Channel 10. <clears throat> so far, he still seems to be on board with the Boston Globe, but. But as I have said, how do you get elected? He has now changed it to he's not going to debate until it it sounds like he might debate in August. He might debate in August, but there's no guarantee that he's going to debate in August. I am hearing that there is it's actually being discussed or they're trying to find a forum where he feels that he would be given. Now, they're trying to say he just wants to be treated fairly. I think that there's 
you know, differences of what what that would look like as far as being treated fairly. Uh, I'm sure with the McKee people, you know, he doesn't want to stand there. But the problem is, and as I've explained in the past, folks, um, a problem for Governor McKee is you're exiting into a zone that you just can't walk out of. Right. If he sits down on Channel 12 and they start asking him questions, very specific questions about various dealings he's had, he, he could get up and walk out. I don't think that's the strategy they want. <clears throat> I don't think that's the strategy that they would want to employ. If he's on a debate stage and one of his opponents starts pounding him about the FBI probe, he could walk off the debate stage. That's not a good look. So then he's caught with, you know, what, what do you do? Do you stand there and take the beating? Just not appear to take the beating and take your chances with that. I am telling you what I've heard is they are seriously weighing, like, what's the real fallout? They're going to try to argue that a lot of people don't watch the debates. Um, you know, he's still doing a lot of videos and things like that. He's looking for a safe haven is what he's looking for. And and I don't know what form form he's going to find that. So, and I, I don't think they know, as a matter of fact. But him going away on vacation right now, the first week of May, that's, that is, that is, unpre- I, that I don't remember. I don't remember anything like that. And on top of that, the General Assembly is still in session. I mean, we're still, how about the fact, folks, keep in mind the month of May that Dr. Nicole Alexander Scott She's still going to get a check for $46,000 for doing nothing. You know why she's getting that money? To keep her mouth shut. They bought her silence. You know, they basically bought her silence. But yesterday, as I played last hour, Governor McKee trying to say, you know, another contract went to one of his friends. And I, I just did everything they're involved with. I just wonder, and I mean it, I'm wondering if he's actually setting the stage for someone like a complete outsider. As much as uh, at different times people have questioned whether or not someone like the Republican challenger, Ashley Kalis, if they really want a complete outsider to come in. You, You start to wonder, everything McKee is involved with seems to be an inside deal. Now, I also want to remind people about Secretary of State Nella Gobea. And this is important. And at 1237, folks, good afternoon. You're listening to the John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380, 99.95. As I have told you, it is my belief that Nellie Gobea, I don't think someone running for governor should be coming out of that office, meaning she is the Secretary of State. She's in charge of the voting rolls. There is, there is no one that knows more about voting than the person that does the day, job daily. And she's got all these mail ballots and the mail ballot applications. It is my belief. I am sticking with my prediction. You don't see her running commercials. She's doing a complete ground game. And it is through, it's going to be ballot harvesting and voting lists. She knows that there are all these people that only exist in theory, almost like on file. They're not really there, you know? And I just use the fictional name, Hector Gomez, 
who, you know, signed up for vote. He's on the voter roll. And hear me out. This is not about dead people voting. These are people who are alive who are voting. Anyone that mentions dead people voting, you're not paying attention. Things have evolved. Anyone that mentions dead people voting, that's like going out and trying to find a blockbuster store to rent a video. Things have evolved. It's not about that. People who are alive are voting more than once. Crime evolves. Voter, lack of voter integrity evolves. Voter fraud, ballot fraud, whatever you want to call it. But it evolves. So anyone that's saying, and dead people voting, you're not paying attention. The people that got caught are alive. The key, as I've told you, and I try to explain to people, it's all, no one is turned away from registering to vote. And I go back to, you know, the New York Times has this piece that, and I put this out last night that, well, let me just stay on schedule here. Um, Folks, Propane Plus, call Propane Plus today, 401-885-4209. In Massachusetts, 508-252-3359. Propane Plus, three generations, they're available 24-7. They offer online billing, schedule a service or delivery. All customers receive a free safety inspection on their equipment. Call Propane Plus today. Give them a call. And remember, propane, it's affordable, sustainable, equitable, good for the environment. And now it's its uh, renewable. Propane Plus. Do you need propane? Call them 401-885-4209 for Propane Plus. This portion of the John DePietro Show is brought to you by Brood Awakenings. Stop it and see them. Uh, two locations in Johnston. They're also... Uh, Brood Awakenings is located in Cranston Pontiac Avenue in Bald Hill Road in Warwick. Discover the Brood difference. They're open right now at Brood Awakenings. They do a great job. Uh, two things. I, I believe Gorbea, what she's doing is exactly as I predicted. She's releasing internal polls that show that she is leading in this race. And, uh, at, and, and all she needs is on election night... For her to be able to raise her fist or the days after and say that she has won. But I believe it's all a ground game. And and I, I also believe, as I've said, the person, she should not be running the election from the Secretary of State's office while she's trying to become governor. If Rhode Island was smart, we would say, okay, if you want to run for, you know, governor... You have to step down a year before the election and let someone else manage and run that office. Because uh, the ballot harvesting that goes on in Providence, I want to remind people, 40,000, 40,000 illegals were registered in the, in the census. 40,000. And I believe they are all on the voter rolls. Now, someone told me, well, you know, the Republican Party is going to ballot harvest. The, that, that is the, the, the Republican Party can't compete with what they're doing, uh, you know, in Providence. This has been in the, in the works for years. Nellie Gorbea has been building this since, <clears throat> since 2015. This just this didn't happen overnight. But the New York Times had a story, GOP concocts fake threat, voter fraud by undocumented. And I'll tell you where this is disingenuous. This appeared in the New York Times yesterday. Uh, Jasmine Ola, or whatever, 
Uh, and they basically say Republican leaders candidates are claiming without basis that unauthorized immigrants or illegals are gaining access to ballot boxes. Now, hear me out. Here's where. Listen, this is a this is a biased article. You know, many of you say the media is biased. This this is an exact example of that because the way they twist things such as listen to these lines. Voter fraud is exceptionally rare. Allegations, widespread numbers of illegals are voting have been repeatedly discredited. The fact, as we know, voter fraud is rare. The fact is no one even looks for it. That's why Florida Governor Ron DeSantis is so smart to set up people to look for it. I'm telling you right now, in Rhode Island, they don't look for it. You know, as I've said, if you sit in a rowboat and you don't put your fishing line in the water, you're not going to catch any fish. I haven't heard about a lot of fish jumping out of the water into the boat. If you don't look for voter fraud, you're not going to find it. If you don't go to the dance, no one's going to ask you to dance. I don't know how else to explain it. So this whole article um, that focuses on the granted, it's around the country. But here's the line that that really jumped out at me because uh, hold on. Let me just. um, okay, here's what they write. This is the New York Times now. So many of you listening or watching that say, I think the media is biased. This article to me is a perfect example. Listen to this line. It's legal in some states for third parties. Now, a third party, like family members or community groups, to drop off completed ballots, a practice that became vital for many during the pandemic. You know, they don't mention with third parties that's allowed in Rhode Island campaigns, campaign workers, a practice that became vital for many during the pandemic. This sounds like family members, community groups. That's not what's going on. In Rhode Island, you have Campaign workers who drop off, they don't drop off one ballot, they drop off 1,000 ballots into the drop box. And why do they do that? Because then there's no mail fraud because it didn't go through the mail. Family members of community groups drop off completed ballots. It's legal in some states for third parties. That practice in Rhode Island should be outlawed. It's vital for many during the pandemic. That sounds like my parents voted, you know, because of COVID, I'm going to drop off those ballots. See, that right there is completely disingenuous because that is not what is going on, as I've explained. So to stay with Nelly, as I have told you, I believe she is going to run close All she has to do is keep putting out to the media that because remember, on election night or the days after the primary, who is she depending on to report that she won the local media? So I believe, as I've told you at 1245 on this Friday, what Nellie Gorbea, the secretary of state, is doing right now and has been doing for a while is she's working the local media. She's working the Providence Journal. She's working Channel 10. She's working Channel 12. She keeps telling them, I have internal polls that show I'm the leader. Because when she wins the primary and on election night wants to lift her fist or the days after, because they're going to have to count all the mail ballots. Although now they've started counting ballots early. So she may be able to do it on election night. She needs 
the local media to announce it's credible that she won. That's what she needs. So she's greasing it now. She's laying the groundwork now. <clears throat> this is not like if, if that Daniel Dr. Monez, who has 1% according to her poll, I'm not even sure it's that high. If he lifted his fist on election night, everyone would be like, whoa, whoa, whoa. How does someone who has 1% win the, the primary? But what Gorbea is doing is she is laying the foundation. Laying the foundation. And now here's the thing. Helena, folks, you know, white female. Matt Brown, white male. Dan McKee, white male. Are they really going to stand up and challenge an election that was a primary, excuse me, that was just won by the history-making first Latina woman in state history? Look at the way, you know, if I go on social media right now, which I do, all the media is saying about what happened with the uh, Rhode Island State Police, history made, history made, first person of color, head of the Rhode Island State Police, history made. They love saying that. What do you think they're going to say when, um, when Nellie Gorbea lifts her fist on election night? And says, his, Kayla Fish, Channel 12, history made. Colonel Darnell Weaver is now at the helm of the Rhode Island State Police. First person of color to hold the job. Folks, I, you know, I don't know him that well. Um, I want to re- remind people that the person that is appointing him to that, that position is right now the subject of an FBI probe. Um. In the form of Rhode Island Governor Dan McKee, but the 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 real fact here is that they they I believe they will go along with this whole thing of history made, but it's it's hard to and I I fully get a lot of people it's true are not paying attention right now, but with with Governor McKee and they could blow it off. We still have, you know, let, let let's look at the calendar. I mean, the primary in two weeks two weeks away. It's May 13th. So then you have June, July, or early voting starts in three months. In two weeks, early voting starts in three months. Um, what's going to be very interesting is if the House, the reps at the State House, led by Speaker Joe Sakachi, if they pass this voting bill that went through the Senate, it should not pass. I'll be very interested to see if Sakachi passes it because all this stuff does is help Gorbea. But I'm saying I, I just don't know if that's going to be enough to stop Gorbea, who now I, I recognize a lot of people. I'll tell you who's paying attention right now that Governor McKee has to worry about. The media is. His donors are. Um, you know, three things. He's he's pulling the poll comes out. He's dropped 18 points. Number two, he's blowing off. He initially committed to the debate next Thursday. Now he's not going to do the debate next Thursday. And number three, he suddenly is disappearing and going out of town. So those are not the makings of a. um, They're not the makings of a successful campaign, to put it mildly, hardly. 
hardly the makings of a successful campaign. Folks, this portion of the John DePietro Show is brought to you by, now listen, do you need a new grill? I found the, the spot. Jay's, JS, Jay's Broadway Appliance and TV, 47 Cedar Swamp Road, that's Route 5 Smithfield. Unbelievable selection. They've been in business since 1963. I'll tell you what, they're open Monday through Friday, 10 to 5. Now, Saturday, you can make an appointment. And a lot of people, by the way, they prefer to shop by appointment. Maybe you're going to get some new appliances for your home. And people are buying them in package deals, right? You want to get the refrigerator. You want to get the dishwasher. You want to get the washing machine, the dryer, the oven, uh, and then maybe a new grill. Make an appointment. Call 401-949-7800. It's much better to make an appointment on a Saturday or Sunday. Take your time. You're going to deal directly with the owner. They'll match or beat any package deal. And what I like is just the service because you're dealing with people that are knowledgeable. Let's face it, folks. The service in the big box stores where some people might go, I mean, they're having trouble finding people. And if they're finding people, they're not exactly great workers. So stop in, but especially for a new grill, grilling season is here, 401-949-7800. Better yet, just drive right up, 47 uh, Cedar Swamp Road, Route 5, Smithfield, J's, JS, Broadway Appliance and TV. Folks, you're listening to the John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. This portion of our program is brought to you by realtor Pat Elston, Caldwell Banker Realty, Pat is based in Cumberland, 20 years experience. When you're dealing with an investment in real estate purchase or selling of, of real estate is a big investment, you want to deal with a total, total pro, Pat Elston. There's a link on the website to Petro.com, services all of Rhode Island and Southeastern Mass. Pat Elston, you can call her, 401-474-5253, but there's a link on the website and that is petro.com. So this is, um, I don't know what to make of the fact that Governor McKee is taking next week off. He just had two weeks off in, um, in, in November. Um, I, don't, uh, I don't know what to make of it. I don't know what to make of it other than it, it's just, you know, only because th- this would be the mindset. Right now, you're the governor. And it's May, and it's a pivotal time, and the weather's getting nicer. And, I mean, unless this is the final break before the stretch run. But when you think about it, early voting right now, starting in in August, one would think in two weeks, you go, June, three months, you're three months away. In two weeks, you're three months away from early voting. You would think... Like, this is it. This is full speed ahead. Uh, you know, no days off. This is the grind. This is the ball game. This is the ball game. You know, this is, you're coming down to the end of the game. You know, does Tom Brady signal the coach and say, I, you know, I, I need some time on the bench to, you know, take, get my breath. Like, this, this is the ball game. He has not been elected governor of anything yet. So... I think that's pretty telling that, and I, again, the McKee people, um, they, they're, they're, they, at times they, they just seem tone deaf on certain things. McKee plunging in polls will skip plan debate. Well, there's certainly nothing good about that headline. There's absolutely nothing good about uh, that headline. And, and 
Uh, one thing I know is, uh, you know, I, I, I think at this point they're not sure how to stop, so to speak, like the bleeding. And again, I, I recognize it's it's just, uh, um, boy, the Patriots are taking a beating over the draft last night. How about the Boston Globe once feared the Patriots are now a laughing stock? For two decades, the Patriots were the envy of the NFL. They admired respect. Now they're a laughing stock. It's all right there. Video from the Rams draft party. We're, we're blown away when the Patriots selected Tennessee Chattanooga guard Cole Strange with the 29th pick. Oh, my, said the general manager. How about that? McVay responded. We wasted our time watching him, thinking he'd be at 104 maybe. And they laughed. Fans, media, draft were quick to react negatively. Mel, uh, ESPN's Mel Kimter thought Strange may have a chance to go in the late second round, called it a huge reach. NFL.com gave the Patriots a D in its first round report card. It's one thing for these sort of pundits to criticize the first round pick. It's quite another for an NFL franchise. Confirm our suspicions the Patriots way overreached. The Rams pick at 104 is at the very end of the third round. That's where I expected them to land. It was such a surprising pick. McVay literally couldn't contain himself. Of course, everything about the Patriots draft was straight out of the Bill Belichick handbook. First, they traded down from 20, 21 to 29, picked up Dexter picks in the third, fourth round. Then they took a guard from Chattanooga that everyone else graded in the third round. It's almost as if Belichick is playing Patriots draft bingo. Next up this weekend, two players each from Alabama, Michigan, Rutgers. An offensive lineman from Europe, left-footed punter in the fifth round, and a Division II quarterback who's switching to safety. Ah. <laughs> uh. Well, again, that is uh, the NFL draft drama um, will will continue. Let me also uh, just tech. Um, I don't know. Dan McGowan writes a piece about Joy Fox. In a field of opportunities, her congressional candidate offers something different. He writes, I'm annoyed Joy Fox is and more annoyed by the opportunists she's running against. There's Chaseth Magaziner, David Siegel, state rep from Providence. Um, Oh, and you can't forget about Saren Morgenthau. They're all trying to succeed. Then there's Fox, the one credible contender in the Democrat primary. Not only has deep ties, actually enjoys living the year round. Blah, blah, blah. Editor at the Cranston Herald. Worked for Langevin Raimondo. Uh, so he met her in Patuxent Village. Didn't seem very angry. She said, I think there's a clear choice in this race. Uh, she repeated the term clear choice four times in the two times we spoke for this column. Um, she has Fox approaches refreshing. She she nearly choked up. Do I ask how much? Um, how's your fundraising going? Oh, her father's suffering from Alzheimer's. Okay. Uh, I, did, I was unaware of that. It's earlier in the race. Sure looks like Magazine is the front runner. Um, she will finish maybe fourth. Maybe fourth in that race. Um, something that Dan McGowan doesn't acknowledge is that she has no personality. Um, elections begin and end with people who are likable. You take someone like... Former Secretary of State, former Mayor of North Providence, Ralph Mollis. He didn't have the best, best education. He didn't have the best policies. But when you met him, Ralph Mollis was actually a pretty likable guy. And I remember there was some forum I was at 
And you had Frank Caprio Jr., not the judge, who, you know, played, went to Harvard and was the general treasurer and blah, blah, blah. But if you were just meeting the two of them, Mollus was more likable. You know, the other one was too wooden. Um, Joy Fox is, is very, very wooden. Very, very wooden. She will finish either third or fourth. Prob- maybe, maybe third, probably fourth. Probably fourth in that primary. I don't think she has a shot. She will not do anything on a, on a debate stage, that's for sure. Folks, this portion of the John DePietro show on this Friday is brought by R.E. Coogan and Hating. It's Coogie. Call him today, 401-732-6562. Plumbing, heating, and cooling, residential or commercial, as Coog says, let us into your home. Don't fix it alone. Now call them, and especially if your hot water tank gives out. Call RE, call Coogan Heating, 401-732-6562. It's Coogie, RE, Coogan and Heating. Now, folks, right now, it's 1259. It's the John DePietro Show. Coming up, we are going to break for the 1 o'clock news. Next hour is the power hour. We have a lot more to get through locally. The big local news, though, I believe, is the McKee candidacy is really in trouble. And he um, he seems shaken. Uh, I think they are shaken. And I, I don't know where this is going to lead. But more details on that and a lot more. Again, we are going to break for the latest news coming up at 1 o'clock. The big local news is the Rhode Island State Police does have a new leader who was sworn in. Play some of that sound as well. It's the John DePietro Show. Again, those... Uh, Radio only next hour, radio only, AM 1380 or 99.9 FM. Or you can listen online at the website. We'll be back on the other side after the 1 o'clock news.